gets weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. I'm tired. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Before we do anything, can I just say, because I actually put an Instagram post up this week yeah. on my personal account. Yeah. I was having a, a very bad day the other day and I was complaining that I woke up with a headache. I had a hay fever. Something was on fire. I just wanted to come across a small child so I could punch it in the face. I was not feeling very well. So Tuesday. Yes. Um now, when I said that something was on fire, okay, that okay. was not a euphemism. I meant that something in my neighborhood, like a warehouse or a factory, was literally on fire. Thus, there was a lot of smoke in the air and the environment and yeah. was making it very nasty. I was, a fact, not insinuating that my hoochie cooch was on fire. I'd like to thank you all for the messages. <laughs> but my vajay is fine. Oh, good. Um. <laughs> you didn't just try one of Gwyneth Paltrow's terribly bad products and put a boiling hot rock up there yeah, or something? Turns out you're not supposed to light the candle first. <laughs> oh. oh. I've never understood people who are into that, like ear candling or anything like that. You know, what? See, I, I'm kind of fascinated. I kind of, I'm, there's a part of me, because let's be honest, like, there is nothing as liberating and rewarding and just feels good and makes your toes curl than when you've got an itchy ear yeah. and you finally get in there with a little cotton bud yeah. to like give it a little clean and you're just like, oh, like it's almost orgasmic. Yeah. So there's a part of me. I want to kind of try it because I'm like, do you feel it like moving slowly, yeah. like a building up orgasm in your ear? But it's it's that step over the line that I think you you need to be in the presence of a seasoned traveler because that's the kind of thing like that's that's the light bulb in the anus that gets you into the emergency department at four in the morning on a Friday. I fell onto a lamp. <laughs> yeah, what? Because <laughs> the, the, you do get some pretty horrific injuries from ear candling. Oh really? Well, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, I mean, the idea is the idea is sound. You light a candle, it creates a vacuum in your ear and sucks the wax out. Uh huh. Because it's you know it's a tubular candle. Yeah. If they fuck it up, yeah. Or it's a poorly manufactured candle. Yeah. You essentially get boiling hot wax pouring into your ear hole. Oh, oh, but then doesn't that just add to the danger? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll come out alive. Maybe I'll be able to hear. Who knows? <laughs> If that's your kink, then I'm not shaming you. Mm-hmm. But I, I will judge you if you're just like, what? Yeah. Hey? Who what? Speak up. I can't. <laughs> Blop stuff just falls out of my ear. <laughs> whatever whatever kicks oh, your chickens. Well, thank you for ruining the fantasy. Well, that's a, do you know, We were actually driving back from your area the other night. Mm. We were driving back down South Road here mm. in Adelaide, which is perpetual. Mm. Perpetual roadworks. Oh, oh my god! Seriously, I'm going to make a horror film about like the last like two years of my life because I was literally, I and again, people who followed my Instagram will yeah. see this pictures of just me like hair akimbo, just like oh my god, the noises, the lights. But we, it's like it's like the movie um, Poltergeist. Mm. You know, they've they've built on the Indian burial ground. Yes. And they haven't moved the graves <laughs> yeah. because South Road is Adelaide's most horrible. Evil old road. Yeah. There used to be a bumper sticker you could buy that just said "fuck you, South Road," because <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible, yeah. archaic thing that wasn't designed for modern traffic. Yeah. But as it's slowly dying and being replaced with all this new freeway, yeah, clearly some of the spirits are still there clinging oh. on because we saw something very old school oh. and very disturbing oh, going down one of the last remaining bits of old South Road. Uh-huh. A genuine throwback. Yeah. Guy at a bus stop masturbating. Oh, it's been so long. It has. It's, I was almost nostalgic. Oh, was he like looking into the corner or just like welcoming traffic? Standing, waiting for the bus, hand in pocket, very much not playing with his keys. Excellent. Yep. Excellent, excellent. Well, he just he was just trying to validate his ticket <laughs> prior to entry. He's got all. a ticket to ride. <laughs> Oh, there we go. And he don't care. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? I just have, I just know 
through, you know, the six degrees of separation, you'd know he was listening to our podcast. <laughs> He's the one. <laughs> if anyone is going to be like, if I could categorize our listeners, it's people who masturbate at bus stops. Definitely. He's there listening to our episode on Army Hammer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> We could could do a whole episode on Adelaide Public Transport. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a whole future episode. Oh, my God. But on more exciting news, I hear you popped somebody's cherry this week. I did. Oh, my Lord. Well, yeah. That's that's two of the reasons that I've been very tired. And they're both to do with aliens. The first one is there's been a hell of a lot of UFO drops on Mm -hmm. Twitter this week. Mm Mm-hmm. All of them incredibly disappointing. <laughs> so I've been setting my alarm. And, and this is no, no, no shade in their direction, but George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell were based out of the US. George Knapp, very famous investigative journalist mm-hmm. out of Las Vegas, broke the Bob Lazar stuff, does a lot of gear with Skinwalker Ranch, all this kind of gear. Mm-hmm. His kind of young acolyte. And I say young, he's in his 40s. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, it's young for the UF, UFologist yeah. game. Yeah. Jeremy Corbell, who's like a, he's like kind of the attaboy barber version of a conspiracy theorist. Like he's got the cool beard and the tats and all this sort of stuff. He's very and I like these guys. But like, when I guess say, just on a side note, whenever you say his name, I just think of Jeremy Corbyn, the former English leader <laughs> of the Labour Party, so who who was kicked out. So yeah. I just, this is what he's done after Parliament. Yeah. So these guys, uh, and I and I have to preface it again once again by saying I actually really like and respect their work. Uh-huh. But they're independent, self-funded journalists. Occasionally, they've kind of got to delve into the hyperbole to get people <laughs> to look at their stuff uh-huh. and a lot of the stuff that's been coming out lately to me has been a little bit unimpressive but that's uh-huh. the nature of ufo stuff very hard so i've been setting my alarm super early to get up and see stuff that's happening central pacific time in the u.s uh-huh and at night time my partner lou has for the first time now seen the original alien and <gasps> aliens oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was an experience <laughs> Because like I said, like I've said previously on the podcast, she has no cultural reference points for any of this stuff. I know. And and she's like she's uh, she's like our number one uh number one listener. And to be honest, the amount that like we talk about James Cameron, Bill Paxton, aliens, yeah. she she's probably gone back and went, Oh my god, suddenly their podcast makes sense. Like <laughs> like the scene where and obviously there's no spoiler alerts if you haven't seen aliens by now. Just what the fuck? Get sort your life out. Yeah, turn this off now. Stop masturbating at a bus stop. I mean, go and listen to it. Yeah, yeah go go find the one blockbuster video still trading and go get that copy of Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the scene where um, they bug out of the uh, the atomic, uh, you know, where all the where all the colonists are, they're mm-hmm. all been you know turned into yes. hosts for the things. Yes. So they've bugged out of there and they've called in the air support to get themselves yes. out. and They're going to nuke it from orbit. Yeah, Plas- plane crashes. Uh huh. Hudson, of course, game over, oh, man. Game over. Lou says, Oh, that's from your podcast. It's like, No, it's not. <laughs> that's from every cultural reference of the last 40 years. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, no, it's good. She's slowly, you know, starting to put together the, yeah. the pieces. Now, the I think the really important question as to whether or not the two of you, like, are still in a relationship or not. <laughs> Did she enjoy them? She did enjoy them and she appreciated seeing them. Uh-huh. And I've spared her the pain of Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, Alien vs. Predator. I'm probably not even going to make her watch Prometheus. Oh, God, you fucking what? No. But I've got to be honest. It was a fucking hard ride going through those two films with someone with no cultural reference points just asking some, asking some questions. Like, oh, like why? What? Why is everyone making bad decisions here? It's like, haven't you seen a horror film before? <laughs> <laughs> That's how they work. <laughs> oh my god! I don't. Yeah, I just like earlier. Lou uh, said that she she seemed she was very she was very shocked that everyone was being like you know so like so non responsive to Gorman. Yeah. Because Gorman is like a complete asshole. We all <laughs> knew he was an asshole. He was not fit for leadership. Yeah. He should. Never have been put in charge of that mission. You know why? And theories are abound. Do you know why he had that mission and he was so clearly not qualified for that mission? Uh, it was a carryover from the British system where you could buy your commission? Hand-picked by Burke. Oh, to fuck it up. Because Burke wanted somebody that he knew who was so terrified of fucking up that he could manipulate him to do what was best for the company. Handpicked by Burke. 
That's a really good theory. Mm. Mine was Space Gallipoli <laughs> and just the wrong people are in charge. <laughs> well, no, they weren't Australian. <laughs> so, But Lou's saying things like, why are they so disobedient? It's like, this is character exposition. It's like, it's like watching the start of The Breakfast Club. You know, <laughs> you learn about these people in 30 seconds and who they are. Yeah. No, but it, Gorman is an asshole. It's the yeah. first time they've gone in. And, of course, you've got your seasoned war vets. Of course, they are going to make life hell for your yeah. piece of shit, Lieutenant, who was never in charge, was never in no. charge. You know what? You know why it went wrong? It went wrong the second Apone started trying to listen to that fool. Yeah. But you can't blame Apone, can you? Oh, Apone, you will be missed. Yeah, he will. My homies. <laughs> All they wanted to do was talk about Octarian Poontang. <laughs> Eat some cornbread. Yeah. Oh. It was funny. Why are they going back for the cat? <laughs> she didn't. She did. No. Like, Farm girl, cats are, cats are easy to come by. Oh, no. One of the best quotes that I saw on the internet was a woman. She said that, um, you know, back in the day she went on a date. Her date took her to see Alien and... They were sitting watching it for the first time, yeah. and he said, "Why is she going back for the cat?" And she's like, "She's like, I knew then and there this was not going to work out. <laughs> there was no second date. I went home to my cat." There you go. <laughs> that's that's got to be under the under the list of sins. Yeah, I reckon number one. I'll get to number one in a second, but yeah. I reckon preemptive dick pic. Yeah, pretty high up. Yeah, questioning anyone's pets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like any, like yeah. just anything about animals. Yeah. It's like politics. Stay out of animal talk. Yeah. I reckon the number one cardinal sin of yeah. any first date has to be going to a stand-up comedy show. You keep saying that. Yeah. Don't yeah, do it. No, I get it. Yeah. No. Well, no, for me, it's the other thing is, yeah, don't watch Alien and be like, why would she go back for the cat? <laughs> Fucking, I would go back for my cat before literally any, any human being on earth. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about your new fella? He knows where he is. On the, <laughs> he knows where he is on the food chain. I would go back. I would go back for Toka as the my princess, the love of my life. Yeah. Then I would go back for my second cat, Mister Marshmallow. Yeah. And then I would go back for his cat. <laughs> then maybe, if there was room in the carrier, I would. I would definitely message down and be like, "Get your fucking ass up here! I'm not your mother." <laughs> You're um, you getting onto that escape pod would look like some kind of New York Fashion Week <laughs> kind of deal. Five cats, <laughs> flamethrower. <laughs> oh my god! I swear to God, but like it's. I think like if Ripley had like more than two cats, it would just be that disgruntled cat lady at like five a.m. I would just pick up a litter scoop and just <laughs> fling that freaking xenomorph out the door. Smash! <laughs> pick it up by its exoskeleton. <laughs> Out you go. <laughs> okay, but that's so all, yeah. all, all in all, she's uh, she's a fan. She's a fan. Yeah, excellent. So the trade-off is, I've had to watch um, Nashville <laughs> and some other fucking terrible shit about a, a, a Heart of Dixie. Oh, I don't. Even oh, it's it's like imagine like imagine a, a sitcom worse than Big Bang Theory. Oh, so it's not actually. Oh, see, I got excited. I was thinking maybe it was, you know, it started with somebody found Gwyneth Paltrow's heart in a oh, box. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Yeah. 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 Stick that in your vagina. <laughs> Goop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you know what? Like, I'm not a medical doctor, but <laughs> if your vagina smells like something that's slightly burning, yeah. you should see a doctor about that. I think so. Yeah, that's just my advice for today. See, I thought you were about to start talking about, I'm not a doctor, but I wouldn't stick a human heart up. And I was like, well, it's about the size of a fist. Mm. Well, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. I just, I, I have a problem with naming your candle. This is what my vagina smells like. And just, I mean. I <clears throat> cannot wait for her range of cat food. Part of me thinks that she is just engaged in the most epic trolling. Yeah. Because she would have just been pissing herself laughing. Going, everyone is going to pick that up and just go, in the shop. Everyone will. Well, see, I would say that if it was anyone other than Gwyneth Paltrow, because I'm not sure Gwyneth Paltrow has a sense of humour. 
I reckon she does. Have mm. you seen her in Iron Man 3? I was, hey, was going to say, have you seen Chris Martin? Hey! <laughs> oh, God. Fucking call your kid, Apple. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I once had to edit a wedding video that had a lot of Coldplay in it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's hard to make you miss a manual labor job. <laughs> <laughs> that did. <coughs> oh my god yeah oh my god we should we should do an episode just on like really shit and inappropriate songs to have for like your wedding dance some of the songs people like what's that sting one that's you know where he's freaking stalking yeah everywhere you take he's a fucking stalker that's not romantic well i heard about one the other day where the the bridal waltz was to fucking kanye west's gold digger and like unironically, I didn't know Trump had got married again. <laughs> no one's seen Melania since, have oh. they? She's sitting in a rocking chair on the fifth floor of Mar-a-Lago, not moving. <laughs> or is she fucked off? Oh my lord! Yeah, that if you're if you're there, like Melania, send us a proof of life. Let us know you're okay. I would say one blink for yes, but she's had so much surgery, I doubt she can <laughs> blink. If she blinked, it just might tear away her face. <laughs> Revealing the Mars attacks alien beneath. Oh my God, and then we find out, why didn't you tell me there was a synthetic in the White House? <laughs> she rolls treatment. up a magazine. <laughs> Marie Claire. <laughs> Walks up to Donald's sleeping body. <laughs> Stuffs it in his mouth. He confuses it for yet another Big Mac. Just chews on it like a cartoon fish. (laughs) Disappears into his... Oh, that's why your mission failed. (laughs) He fucking hit it. Oh, aliens. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, because I've got to admit, if I was ever with somebody and they didn't recognise Aliens as one of the greatest films of all time, I would just, just be like, well, this is over. Yeah. Game over, man. Game over. Is is there a film, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, mm. but is there a film that you could tolerate someone not liking? Like, say, Escape from New York or something. <laughs> well, no, because they would clearly be like... <laughs> Who the fuck doesn't like Escape from New York? Oh, my God. It's just a hypothetical. I um, um, See, I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm game to show Lou the thing. And that's my favourite film of all time. Oh. Oh. Yeah, but it's give. I know it's like it's super like gross, but Kurt, the, the majesty of Kurt Russell's beard. And Kurt Russell spotted UFOs over Phoenix. <gasps> we have to, oh, we got to do a whole, we're going to do a whole episode on that. Mm. I'm so excited by that. Yeah, he's the guy who reported the Phoenix lights. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? Is there anything Kurt Russell can't do? Yeah, well. Oh, my Lord. You know, well, he makes... can't be trusted with vintage guitars. We know that much. <laughs> but he does make first contact uh, with alien life form. He can make panties wet from a thousand paces. <laughs> There's nothing that he can't do. <laughs> You're making him sound like he's designed by Zack Snyder. So. <laughs> Such a hater. Yeah. Such a hater. But we are talking weird aliens. In, oh. in strange places, aren't we? Well, yeah, which weirdly brings us to our topic for this week. I, I just wrenched us out of the... Grabbed hold of the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Careened us into this one. Oh, my Lord. Yes, this week we are talking all about aliens in unfortunate places. As we look at Bronte Lloyd's UFO encounter or... Bronte's Wuthering Frights. Oh, hello. Oh, yeah. How good was that one? I was so happy with that one. I was like, yeah, literature. (sighs) Or from the alien's perspective, Bronte saw us. Oh. This is an interesting one because this happened in my neck of the woods. Oh. Among people people that I know, like six six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah, this so, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know about it until a, a mutual friend uh, emailed it through to me from Police Files. Nice. Yes. Well, let's go to Spalding, South Australia. Oh, can we? It's one of those towns you don't even realise is a town as you drive through on your way to anywhere but there. <laughs> 
The 2006 census listed the population at 212 people. That's ambitious. And sheep and cattle in the thousands. (laughs) It has a pub, a truck stop, a school and a gun store. (laughs) Really? There's a gun store? Gun and ammunition store, there according to Wikipedia. We we did have a bit of a dig around because I'm familiar with Spalding. Because, like I said, it's mm. in my neck of the woods. It's mm. one of those towns that you just didn't go to. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the people. It just, it's where you live. Mm. It doesn't really attract people beyond that. Yeah. You know, so we, we did have a bit of a trawl around, and all we found <laughs> was a guy on YouTube explaining how he was going to build a model train on a doll he got from Bunnings for 10 bucks. Uh-huh. Which is, you know. Got to do something. Got to do something. No one's no one's setting fire to stuff in his neck of the woods like you're. No one's jerking off at his bus stop. <laughs> Unless he's building a very accurate South Road <laughs> Railway. He is the yeah, fat model. controller. Yeah. He's controlling something fat. Oh, my God. I was going to say, no, the fap controller. Oh! Hey! Narrate that one, Ringo Starr. <laughs> And the other, the other video we found was quite literally somebody doing a steady cam walkthrough of a park. Mm. And it wasn't even a park. <laughs> was, as I was saying to you, it's like as you're watching it, it's just like, and he's just pointing at spots at the ground and you're like, and this is where I buried the body. <laughs> but they do have a pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have had to flee this pub in the past oh. uh, after some, one of my drinking buddies decided to cause a ruckus. That's a, t- that's a story for another time. But um, the pub's for sale, if anyone's interested in buying it. This is a little grab from the ad that we found on the internet. Welcome to the Barbed Wire Pub Spalding Hotel. A profitable hotel, pub and residence with an added attraction. Spalding, South Australia. Is the attraction Spalding, South Australia? There's some bad grammar there. What is the added attraction, though? I'm fascinated. Well, let's listen to what our friend in the real estate game has to tell us. This striking and well-maintained heritage-style hotel will give you a profitable business, plus a home for less than the price of a suburban residence. Sounds all right to me. Oh, sounds nice. Being the only hotel in town, the Barbed Wire Pub Spalding Hotel is showing profitable trading results, with an expected turnover close to $600,000 this year. Wow. What? This town's a drunks. (laughs) Featured on the ABC, it also houses one of the largest collections of antiqued barbed wire and fencing paraphernalia in Australia. What the fuck? Can I say, we watched this and as it came up, it was just like this whole wall just like covered in barbed wire. And I was like, what the fucking, did Catherine Knight decorate (laughs) this place? What the hell? It's framed as well. It's on the walls and it's framed. And it's got all like the the little labels to date it. So if you're interested in barbed wire, (laughs) you can go to the barbed wire museum. Yeah. At the Barbed Wire Hotel. And you got a town of 200 people with a pub that turns over $600,000 a year. And a gun shop. <laughs> let's, let's just do a little bit of uh, ghetto math. Yeah, what is that? 600,000 uh, divided by 212 people. And that's including children. Really? Well, that's, that's 212 like people. That includes children and babies. For every man, woman and child. Yes. Um, we're being generous here. That is $2,830 over the bar every single year. Fantastic. Good on you, Spalding. Woo! You would drink your way out of this recession. That is amazing. Good on you, fucking Spalding. Yeah, get at it. Woo! No wonder they got they got fucking barbed wire to keep them in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It just drops down. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine, though, like, You'd be too afraid to tie one on because, like, oh, God, just don't stagger into any of the walls. You'd be too scared to start a fucking fight. Oh, my God. It'd be like fucking Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, it would. Oh. Get too pissed and accidentally fall over into the yeah. <laughs> into the barbed wire thing. Come barbed out wire as, shredder. Come out as barbed wire head. Oh, my Lord. Well, see, with all these attractions. <laughs> I have such things to show you. <laughs> Is it the barbed wire museum? Because you're wearing it on your head. Yes. <laughs> Admission two dollars. What? What do you think you buy as a souvenir 
from the barbed wire museum. Do you get to take? You reckon you get to take home your own little? There's just a big thing of like coir wire, and you get to like snip off a little bit. Maybe they may, they might do uh, back scratches. <laughs> Kids version with corks on them. Oh my god! Don't don't go into the adult product <laughs> oh, range. Oh no, barbed wire! Can Kill you it. imagine a cock ring from the barbed wire museum? Oh, we call sporting. this one the Christ. <laughs> Little crown of thorns. Oh my god! Oh, it'll take you three days to resurrect from this one. Oh no! If anyone has been to the barbed wire museum, please let us know um, just what kind of souvenirs one can get. (laughs) Uh, Probably just teaspoons. Oh, but made of barbed wire? Maybe. Oh, the, my, my mind is like running amok now of like, oh, what what, what else can I turn barbed wire into? Like the shittest key ring in the world. There's, can you imagine putting that in your pocket? There's ah, ah, bound ah. to be some old lady who's making gollywogs out of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, Lord. So let's move to the hero of our story, Bronte Lloyd. He was a 52-year-old cattle farmer. He was born and bred country boy and knew no other way than living hard and working harder. He lived and worked on his property that could be found at the end of a dirt track about 20 kilometres north of Spalding, so roughly middle of nowhere squared. <laughs> Pretty much. And it is fucking cold and remote out there. Yeah. Yep. It's just, just you and some shrubs. Yeah. Um, In the May of 1987, Bronte Lloyd and his son-in-law were out in the field seeding a paddock when they observed unidentified red lights hovering over the property. As it approached dusk, Bronte's son-in-law became spooked out and decided he was more interested in getting home than investigating the lights, so took off for the day, leaving Bronte alone. Oh, thanks, son. Yeah, fucking piece of shit. <laughs> the rest of the episode is just like Bronte talking about how his fucking son-in-law is cut out of the will. <laughs> Mind you, he probably had to put in his shift at the pub. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, as Bronte approached his home, the lights vanished. Mm. After another long and tiring day, Bronte was relieved to finally lay down in bed until, in Bronte's words, quote, I was lying in bed. It was as though time and space were suddenly suspended. I was suddenly aware of pitch blackness, total blackness and freezing cold. I couldn't move and I thought I was having a heart attack. Then I felt myself floating upwards and felt something being pushed against either side of my cheeks. His butt cheeks? (laughs) He just said cheeks. You might want to clarify I battled against whatever it was that was pinning me down and tried to reach for the light switch and to brush away the pressure against my cheeks. I knew something was close to me and that it was moving backwards and forwards, just out of my reach. Right, eh? Bronte tried to open his eyes, but he couldn't. Bronte felt intense pain as if giant insects were biting his face. Oh, fucking hell. But when he put his hands up to his face to brush them away, he realised that it wasn't bugs at all, but hard tubes inserted underneath his skin. Oh, it's the Hellraiser guy. Bronte tried to rip the tubes from his face, but the tubes writhed like snakes in his hands. Then everything went black. He could have just been super pissed and fallen over at the barbed wire oh, hotel. Why <laughs> Like Lightning McQueen at the bottom of the ditch. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, no, he swears this was at home. This was at home. This was at home, yeah. okay. Yep. The following morning, Bronte awoke with no memory of the incident. Okay. His face was sore, but he was unsure why. Again, you probably just assume been drinking in the pub. Yeah. But there were three marks on his cheeks that hurt and were painful to touch and another four on his nose. But the cause of the marks were unknown. By evening, Bronte's face was so swollen he was almost unrecognisable. 
Eventually, the swelling would subside, but he was left with huge red marks on both his cheeks as well as his nose. Okay, yep. And I've actually seen a picture of him, like, with the swelling. Like, it really looks like someone who was, like, deathly allergic to a bee. Yeah, right. And then got stung right in the face with a bee. Yeah, oh, no. And he just looks fucking sore and pissed off. Yeah. And when I say there were like marks, they were like they were like thick like red like across the cheeks. Not just kind of oh I've I've hit myself. Like really, he's really had a bad injury. Yeah. Um on both of the cheeks. Well my friend who put me onto this story, mm. um, when I asked him about Bronte and the kind of person he is or was I should say. Mm. And he said, look, it was just no nonsense, like a real typical farmer. Yeah. Like shit didn't bother him. Got up, did his work, strong as a fucking ox. Yeah. Not one for telling tales. Because it's a small town. If you start coming out with crazy shit, you get ostracized. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like to, to see the picture of him, like he really just, he looks like that quintessential cliche of like an yeah. Aussie farmer with his hat, good eye. Yeah. Like, you know. Seen his fair share of bad shit in, in life and just gets on with it. Just gets on with the job. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's exactly what he did. Just carried on. Yeah. One month later, in the June of 1987, Bronte, again with his son-in-law, were again working in the field of the property. Again, as dark approached, a bright red light flew over them, and then it seemed to simply hover over a group of trees situated about 30 metres from Bronte's house. It hovered there for a few moments, then flew away and out and out of sight. Bronte said later, quote, I am familiar with aircraft lights. This was nothing like that. It hovered and then flew away. Once again, Bronte's son-in-law didn't hang around, instead got into his truck and left almost immediately. Dude, what a dickhead. (laughs) At this point, it's 50-50, smart or coward. I I, I couldn't. I couldn't look into – I couldn't get the son-in-law's name, but I have a feeling this is where Tom went. <laughs> <laughs> From the other week, we yeah. Tom just made a phone call. I'm out. Apparently, Tom moved to Spalding, South Australia and got <laughs> married and has just kept me running ever since. Yep. There was nothing about scalloped potatoes, so I can't confirm <laughs> if it is Tom or not. Unfazed, Bronte returned home more focused on his well-earned dinner than anything else. More interested in unidentified frying objects. Oh, hello. Hey. (laughs) Later in the night, Bronte's dog suddenly went absolutely berserk. The dog started barking and jumping. Then they cowered and howled. Bronte looked outside. What he noticed was something at the grove of the trees near his house that the object had hovered over earlier. Bronte could see something metallic, possibly a vehicle. Bronte, being a country bloke, (laughs) left the safety of his house to investigate the vehicle. Because you do get some, you do get some people out there up to yeah. no good. Yeah, you get people trying to like steal your cows, you know, bloody go through your shed, steal yeah. your shit. Yeah, yeah, steal anything. Yeah, but as he got closer and closer, he realised this was no ordinary vehicle. It was three point six meters across and was two meters in height. It had a circular body, a square base, and appeared to be sitting on support legs. Two prominent ribs ran around the outside. It also had portals around it at regular intervals and three large what Bronte would describe as headlights at what he assumed to be the vehicle's front. Bronte raced back to the family farm and phoned his family that were visiting on a nearby farm. Okay, yep. So, you know, that's not uncommon. You live out there, you know, you take misses, your kids over. You know, someone yeah. stay overnight, it's a Tight, long drive. Yeah, tiny communities, yeah. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Probably over with the with the daughter and the, the world's shittest son-in-law. <laughs> Eating scalloped potatoes, they're amazing. <laughs> so he raced to, back to the family farm and phoned his family. Bronte says, quote, 
I called them, but they were scared to come home. Okay. Dude, get a new family. Yeah, I'd start with that. Your family is shit. Can you imagine if your if your other half called you and is like, "Holy fuck, I think there's a fucking like UFO. Like, what the fuck? I'm home alone." <laughs> yeah, well, dinner's only just on the table. It's scalloped potatoes. <laughs> Like, nah, nah, you're on your own, mate. <laughs> they build them tough out there. Oh, but holy shit. Yeah, exactly. They should have just friggin' like been like, yeah, we'll come, we'll come have a go at them. <laughs> and then everybody piled in the back of the ute <laughs> with their fighting shirt. Be like the um, <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Instead of the Winchester, we're going down to the Spalding pub. <laughs> Get ourselves some barbed wire. Well, at least you'd be properly armed. <laughs> very true, yeah. Well, there is a gun shop. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, but uh, so his piece of shit family <laughs> left him all alone with the aliens. Just like, how awkward would Christmas be? <laughs> would anyone like turkey stuffing as you squirm in your chair from the <laughs> anal probing? <laughs> found his torch not love and support but he found his torch but it appeared that the batteries were flat so he searched for batteries to replace them motherfucking dolphin torches bronte slumped into a chair probably no doubt lamenting how shit his family was and that nobody in this world actually truly loved him you know if they do listen to this it's not a really far drive for them to come and find us Love somebody. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> at least. Get in the car. <laughs> at, you know, at least stay. Like, I have girlfriends. I stay on the phone while they're in a taxi to make sure that they're not sexually molested by, like, some dude on the 10 minutes it takes to get them home. Let alone if they called to say there's an alien. I'd at least be like, you know what? I'll stay on the phone while you're being probed. Hey, it's long distance. It costs money and. <sighs> Everyone knows that Spalding money's going to go to the Spalding Hotel. <laughs> so that thriving business can turn over $600,000 a year. I'm just saying. Barbed wire doesn't pay for itself. <laughs> doesn't pay for a backbone either. So Bronte slumped into the chair, feeling unloved. His defeaty boy. Trying to make sense of what was happening. You married him. <laughs> When Bronte suddenly heard footsteps inside the house. Oh, fuck that. The footsteps were, as Bronte describes them, quote, short, close together, and sounded like someone was walking in or on plastic. So they didn't take their boots off. I sat in the chair, staring at the door and wouldn't open it. I was scared stiff this is a six foot plus giant like aussie outbook bloke country himself yeah cacking himself yeah lights suddenly came on in another part of the house fun bronte walked over to the closed hallway door he opened the door to see a blur in his hallway. He looked outside the open front door. He could see his dogs had surrounded something and was barking at it down near the trees. Then Bronte's eyes moved back to the blur and saw two small men-like creatures racing about at blurring speed. The creatures rushed at him. Oh, fuck that. The next thing Bronte remembers is being woken up in bed the next day by his wife. Fuck. Okay. The next day. The next day. Okay. At least they came back eventually. Well, yeah, yeah. The next day. I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, like... The, the bit of, bit of you know, fluff, I've been fooling around. He sent me a message to be like, oh, I burnt like my finger with 
fat, like cooking a sausage. And I was like, do you need me to take you to the hospital? <laughs> I'm just saying. Just make the trip. Go over there. Not the next morning. Yeah, next morning, that's pushing it. <laughs> yeah. So he was woken up in bed the next day by his wife. They called the police. The police inspected the property and found a depression in the ground amongst the grove of trees near the house. Now, this is Spalding. There is one cop. Yeah. Yeah. They also discovered unusual and unexplained footprints near the tree line. Okay. A biochemist named Tom Coote took samples from Bronte's person and discovered unexplained electrolyte or salt level anomalies in the samples. Okay. Bronte felt... So they, they took him and gave him a Powerade? <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> it's, we just got a cup of tea into him and he was fine. They probably fucking, yeah, came around like, where's the family, man? I, I, I don't know. You've been out working hard all day. <laughs> Sit down and have some skillet potatoes and a Powerade. <laughs> Big fella like you, you need to keep your fluids up. Yeah, that's, that's all you need. Can't just go to the pub and put all your money over the bar, mate. Someone's come and just drained all your salt levels. Bronte felt that he had been used as a guinea pig in an experiment. Bronte was looking towards hypnotism to try to better understand what had happened on those nights and in the missing hours. Now, for a country South Australian farmer, Mm. that is tantamount to coming out as gay. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, because there's just there's some things that you don't do. And this is one of the problems that they have, especially, you know, like in rural towns, big cuff, you know, country. Like y- yeah. you don't admit that mental health is an issue. No. You don't acknowledge psychiatry. No. You know, what? You've got therapy. some trauma. We've all got trauma, mate. Yeah. What do you think our pub is a museum to barbed wire? <laughs> and you want to go and unlock that trauma and have new feelings? Yeah, yeah. And especially like, oh, you know, like if you're a cattle farmer, do you know what I mean? It's like you take things that, you know, you were there when they were like conceived and then when it's pregnant and then you like you raise them from like a baby until they're adult, until you send them off to have their throats slit. You don't think about feelings. No. You don't acknowledge. No, it's a hard life. You can't have feelings. Feelings. And this is the 1980s as well, man. Yeah. Like farming was fucking tough then. We were yeah. in a recession here in Australia. Yeah. There yeah. was there was a wool stockpile that uh, basically only disappeared a few years ago. Mm. Farming was a fucked life. Yeah. 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 And so this dude, not only has he experienced these things, he's trying to get in touch with his feelings. Fucking good on you, Bronte. Yeah. Yeah, good on you. He would have been like the only man yeah. out there, yeah. you know. Um, Bronte says, quote, I feel the only mistake I made the night the thing landed was in not calling the police. Brackets. Instead of my stupid fucking family. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is kind of up there with like Heath Ledger's having an overdose. Call the Olsen twins. <laughs> oh, quote, you realize after these things that you should or could have reacted differently. But fright confuses you. There is more to this whole thing. I want to find out what really happened. I must. <laughs> You're editorialising, but I approve. <laughs> At least I'm a big old country boy in the 80s. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Bronte said he could handle droughts and he could handle floods, but he struggled to fathom his encounters. He feared one day he would have to to relive the experience of being abandoned by everyone that he loves. But, you know, that's just me adding my two cents worth. Bronte would later begin hypnosis regression in which he recalled his initial encounter and the snake-like tubes inserted into his skin. But Bronte's facial wounds would never heal properly. Uh. Even when one would appear to recede, another mark would grow larger. Bronte would pass away just a few years later before any definitive answers could be found. Maybe of a broken heart. Aww. Why, we, why do we always talk about broken hearted people and cephalopods on this? <laughs> 
One year after the Bronte Lloyd encounters, about an hour's drive away from Bronte's farm, on the 10th of July, 1989, Stephen and Fiona Langman were asleep in their own bed. When at 5.40am, Stephen was awoken by a very bright light that seemed to be sitting on a chair across the room. Stephen looked down and saw that his feet and the feet of his wife were glowing and could be seen underneath the three blankets and doona laid across them on the bed. That's very specific, but go on. Aliens or Tarantino? <laughs> Either or, we just don't know. Stephen's foot began to move as if it were being controlled and examined by the light. Stephen woke his wife, who sat up and calmly watched the glowing object inspecting their feet. What what bored fucking kinky alien? <laughs> he's probably been there for 150 different probes. And every time he's just like, what, what about them? They go, don't fucking look at that bit, Gary. We want to know about the brain. Yeah. Well, but, but, and then just on his day off, he's like, fuck this. Yeah. Holding a torch in his teeth. Having a look. <laughs> Then the light simply vanished. Yeah, someone like, Gary! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Back up to the spaceship. <laughs> and the light vanished and the two calmly went back to sleep. As you do. Fiona stated that, quote, We were not frightened at the time. But a few months afterwards, I had terrible difficulty in sleeping. I was scared to sleep. Yet I had been able to sleep right after the incident. Well, your feet are nice and warm, aren't they? You know, well, that's... Yeah, when they're all glowy and toasty. Oh, oh my Lord. It does get cold up in the mid-north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, once, I'm the same. Once my feet are toasty, yeah. you know. When they're under the blanket, they're safe from monsters. <laughs> not, not Tarantino. <laughs> but if you think... That in the middle of dinner or in the middle of bedtime was the absolute worst time for aliens to intrude upon you and destroy any sense of personal privacy, then think again. And spare a moment for our next unfortunate soul. About two weeks later, on the 28th of July, 1988, in Glenorchy, Tasmania, a woman would meet would encounter <laughs> alien life at the worst possible time. <laughs> Glenorchy is a small town with a population of about 10,000 people near the bottom of Tasmania, Australia's southernmost state. At approximately 3am, the woman awoke and walked in the darkness to the toilet. As one does. It was her house. It was something she had done hundreds of times, so she never bothered to turn on any lights in the house. You go by sonar. Much like when you use the toilet. (laughs) Reaching the toilet, dropping her kegs, sitting on the toilet. She noticed that the birds outside in the yard were all twittering and making a noise, and if it was dawn and not, 3am. Okay, that happens occasionally. Why do birds (laughs) suddenly appear? Then the dogs in the area started crying and whimpering as the whole toilet was lit up by a bright yellow light from outside and an almost electronic humming noise. I know where your mind is going. It's a hell of a toilet. (laughs) Aliens, honey. What is that, Betty? What is that, Betty? Are you all right? My God, aliens. (laughs) Are you doing the washing? (laughs) I'm having an encounter, Barry. (laughs) It's taking me to places you've never taken me. Oh, my God. Bobby, go where you're not going. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Now you'd come over. Now you'd come over. Uh, he's taking me to the Cunnilingus system. It's not on any of your star charts. Uh, uh. Oh my god! 
<laughs> Finally, a big universe. Oh. <laughs> the Big Bang. <laughs> At first, the woman was too terrified to look outside the toilet window. <laughs> but instead, sat frozen on the toilet. It is Tasmania. For an unknown period of time. <laughs> Can you imagine like just oh. alien like can you imagine the xenomorph <laughs> right outside the window and you've got to be caught between okay i don't want to move i don't want them to know i'm here but i really want to put my really want to put my vajay away <laughs> like if i'm gonna die let me die but don't let me die wang out i'm not at the bus stop don't just like the, the scene from the end of Alien where she slowly puts the space suit on. <laughs> just <laughs> blast you out the airlock. Because <laughs> uh. you know, oh my god, this like this taps into like my like. Okay, I really don't like public toilets. Who? Oh, really? No, like oh, I live in them. No, like <laughs> no, no. But like, I really no, really hate public toilets, yeah. and not only because they are like dirty and like you know disgusting yeah but i just i have this weird like okay so when i go to the toilet like i always take forever because i build like a nest right i use like all of the toilet paper to put down on the seat to make sure nothing leaps from the toilet bowl to me i thought you meant like a kind of like eugene coombs from x-files season one you just like lick the toilet paper and slowly build a cocoon around yourself Oh my god! No, 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 I just made like a nest, like on the toilet. I don't, and I don't want the okay. toilet. I put it in the toilet because I don't want any water flashing oh, back fuck on me. No. Like, yeah, I no. just you know, okay. And then, and then obviously, and then you get yourself into a squat position. Yeah. And because you know, if you're wearing like it's different, you got like a bloody skirt on all that, and you got stuff, all the stuff hoiked up. Yeah. I have this weird irrational fear every time I use a public toilet. Okay. Yeah. That that is going to be the moment. That fucking aliens land. The world ends. Okay. Like, you know that movie 2021 with John Cusack? And there's just going to be like giant earthquakes. <laughs> and the last bit of footage, like, because there'll be helicopters flying around just as the world like cracks. Okay. Yeah. And and the world is going to crack open. Okay. And <laughs> I am just going to fall out on the toilet. Okay. With my vajay. Just like, ah! Just like falling into oblivion. And that will be the last bit of footage that is ever recorded by humankind. And then we'll go out into space and that will all be that the aliens will know of humankind. They will be like, and and then I'll be shown forever. Okay. Until the end of time in alien classes. On alien goggle box. Human race ended, and it'll just be me. Ah, just fall into a pit with my just like on a public toilet, which is my vagina That is my fear. Wow, that is it's very real. I'm scared of sharks. <laughs> that's, that's very specific. That that is a that is a very irrational fear. That's why I don't like public toilets. Fair enough. Oh my lord! So I really relate to this woman. <laughs> like this is how the, do you get how do you get through that? Do you like pin yourself against the wall? Well, because no, I don't. Then I don't you like wanna... check the the Japanese seismic websites to see if the Pacific Rim's boiling a bit today. <laughs> you know, if there's anything that even looks remotely like an earthquake, just don't go to the toilet. <laughs> Just don't go to the toilet. Look, I've I've, I've like I've known to just go home rather than use a public toilet. Oh, everyone does that. Yeah, because I'm I don't know why, but like it's not at home. Like the the world is not going to end when I use my own toilet. It's just public toilets. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh no, I can't tell that story. There's a consent issue. Go on. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you afterwards. Oh, my God. So this woman was sitting on the toilet while the aliens were outside uh, for an unknown period. She, she suggested maybe several minutes. The woman then decided to go to the unit's rear window to look outside. When she did, she could see that the backyard and adjoining vacant block of land were both lit up by the same yellow light. The sound seemed to be coming from above the unit and in the sky. The witness did not go outside. 
so she could not see who or what was causing the light or the noise. The woman retreated to her bedroom to wake up her husband, but the time she woke him and they walked to the rear window, there was no light and no sound. Okay. How did you just like, oh my God, honey, I, just, I went to the toilet and I dropped my pants and there was a light. <laughs> there was a light. The light shone. <coughs> It sounds like an elaborate elaborate plan. Can you look in there and see if it's all right? <laughs> I might have dropped my keys. <laughs> Can you have a look? <laughs> Just, there, there's a faint humming. What have I told you? You've got to like secure, have a firm hold on it or it just gets sucked up there, buddy. It just gets sucked up there. Ah. <sighs> But four days earlier, on the 24th of July, 1988, another Tasmanian couple were about an hour and a half drive away from the toilet in question. (laughs) At approximately 5.10am, they were travelling home after their late shift at the casino when they were followed almost the entire journey home by a mysterious light surrounded by a yellow glow. Oh, that's odd for a light. As they reached their property... The mysterious light again simply vanished. Mm. <laughs> Case closed. Thus <coughs> ends this week's journey <laughs> on Bronte Lloyd's Wuthering Frights. Very good. Is there a worse time, do you think? Like, because I know it's your life ambition to finally see a ufo yeah what do you do you think the toilet is the worst possible time for you to finally make first contact no nah, probably being in the shower really be why well because it's, you know, it's awkward and wet and you could slip over and hurt yourself that's exactly the toilet <laughs> it's yeah. awkward and wet and you could slip over and hurt yourself let's face it you see an alien you're gonna shit yourself anyway i reckon that's a pretty convenient spot to be <laughs> what yeah but that's why oh yeah okay that makes sense yeah um, I, I would I would consider for anyone, not just myself, uh. Uh, probably mid-sex would be the worst time. Because you're just going to assume they're like, hey, hey. <laughs> you know what? I think it depends. If it was like really cracking sex. You know, because like sometimes have you ever had sex and in the middle of it went... Fuck! This should like this should be in a fucking movie. Like I'm a fucking like you're yeah. Patrick Bateman high fiving yourself. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, but if it was like really bad sex, then it would just, just be really awkward for everybody. Just like oh, oh just get we... up and yeah, take me with you. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine the aliens would be like, we'll be back in five minutes. You mean one minute? <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least one of us had a close encounter tonight. <laughs> God. Yeah, see, I, I, no, I'd, ra- I'd much rather uh, take having sex rather than on the toilet any day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is that just because you're kind of an exhibitionist? Well, no, but I just. You did say earlier that everyone in Adelaide has seen your tits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm like, you know what? You know what? Weirdly, I probably have more clothing on when I'm having sex than when I'm having a poo. Well, you are dressed as a bear normally. Yeah. So, you know, or I've got like my little cop uniform. I can like <laughs> take charge of the situation and be like, stop. I am the law. <laughs> I'm Officer Naughty. <laughs> Sergeant Norks. <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah, so I think for me, yeah, and I'd have the cuffs ready to go, like on the toilet. What have I got? I've got like an Adelaide Vegans magazine and a half finished Sudoku. I couldn't figure out. Right now, there is a guy, our one listener, sitting there masturbating at a South Road bus stop, <laughs> just going, "There's no wrong time. <laughs> There's no wrong time for aliens." Yeah, well, that's that's true. But like, what if you like you've just done it? Like, have you no? Because like, what and what if you've done like a really woofy one? <laughs> like, you know, come on, we've all done one where even you're embarrassed by it, yeah. And you're like, what did I eat? Yeah. Oh. Well, you consider sending a, an apology card to the sewage works? Yeah, just like I apologize for that. Yeah, oh, well, that's oh, I've just killed a dolphin. Yeah, yeah. That that's normally a, a result of late night drunk food. And stout beer, oh. like a dark porter ale. Oh yeah, see, yeah. no, no one. That's no, nobody wants to make first contact through that. No, they don't. You know, 
Maybe no. they do. Maybe well, maybe they're German. <laughs> German aliens. Hitler got his UFO working after all. <laughs> oh my god, have you seen that Iron Sky movie? I have. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. You know, that was actually I think the first crowdfunded full oh. full length motion picture. Yeah, but it wasn't just crowdfunded. They actually. Um, the the visual effects. I'm going from memory here. Yeah, my memory is fucked. Oh. <laughs> they actually um sourced out all the visual effects to different people all around the world. Oh wow! Who were just like, I want to make a film, and someone directed it. But all these different VFX artists, because you can do it at home from a laptop. Yeah. Oh my god! I my, my favorite quote in that whole movie was like, "Um, excuse me, do you realize you are kissing a black man?" <laughs> Take that, Nazi Germany. Bam, bam. Yeah, Jesse Owens. (laughs) Love it. But yeah, we we digress. So, okay, on the job, either way, on any kind of job. On the job or potentially, yeah, gardening maybe? Because then you've got to do a lot of explaining. It depends what you're gardening. Like if you're burying your missus, then yeah. Yeah. That's awkward. But imagine being taken up by a UFO and they're just like, so what were you doing? I was mowing the lawn. Why? Social pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like the, I like the green thing to only be this long. Why? <laughs> Cricket. Just just neighbours, man. Yeah. Like neighbours. Like you don't understand. Oh, my God. Like I'm like a cat lady. It could be worse. Like I'm like, I've got to explain while I'm stealing my cat's poo. <laughs> Why are you carrying the fucking shit of another animal in a plastic bag? Don't judge me. Because I care, all right? Because I care. (laughs) I think they're the worst times. If anybody else can think of a worst possible time to be abducted. um, You know what? I've had a few circumstances in life where I wished I had just been abducted by an alien. Rather than just, oh. Yeah. Like any time I've had to attend a church. That'd be a good one. Um, <gasps> there, there was the time where my, my sister and brother-in-law thought that they would break the news to my mum before she got onto a flight that I'd been working as a stripper. Oh, really? In the middle of a busy airport. Oh. And, and Were my, you there? Yeah. And my very like, they had like, no, they had told her. I didn't know. And then I rocked up and all three of them were just sitting there like, mm, like looking at me. <sighs> and I just sort of sat down like, hey. and then like my mum just like went off and like going off. And I'm like, oh my God, like calm down. Like it's not like I'm doing crack cocaine or anything. Oh my God. Like I'm not hurting anybody. No. And my mum just at the top of her lungs, like at the airport, just yells out, you're hurting me and your father. <laughs> I wish to fuck the alien invasion had like started to get me out of that conversation. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, God, I would have given anything for Independence Day to have happened then and there. Well, today I was on the Facebooks Mm. and my parents are on there now, Mm. which is great. So they're in their mid-70s and they decided, when my mum first got on it, she decided to go and troll back through my entire news feed. And Ooh. comment on each each post oh. that she found inappropriate, going back years, oh, bless. years, and there's things that they were never meant to see. And yeah. I figured I had my settings pretty well locked down, so I could still behave like I would normally. Yeah. And there was a story getting around about um, the last time the Suez Canal got blocked. That yeah. There was like a a small communist utopia that sprung up. Yeah. And there's just a photo of like five. Egyptian guys and one of them's got an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And I wrote, I just commented, this is a random thing that's popped up on like someone else's news feed. Yeah. And I said, yeah, it would have been a utopia if some cunt just didn't have an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And my dad has somehow seen this quote and he's written directly under it, I, th- I wish you'd use someone else's name if you're going to use that language. <laughs> Beam me up. <laughs> oh my God, have your parents got Facebook just to like yes. tut tut? Yeah, like, yeah. Like mouth. every year before festival season, my mum will ring me up and say, now good luck for your show and I hope your season goes well. And, you know, make sure that you take plenty of time to rest and please don't swear. Please don't use curse words on stage. All right, mum. <laughs> your show is 99.9% cuss words. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I used to have a bit where I would anthropomorphize into a giant vagina. 
mm. and uh, fist mm. myself mm. and then do all sorts. Of, it was it's hack bullshit. Was that maybe, do you think that's another, just on a side note, that's another worst time for aliens yeah. to land while you're being a vagina fisting yourself? I think so. Yeah, but anyway, sorry, continue. No, no, that's okay. That's that's where it ended. You know, it's old material that I'm not terribly proud of, but a whole bunch of my family that I hadn't met before uh-huh. decided to come down and see little Billy Boy's uh, oh. son who does a bit of the old stand-up comedy. We'll go see some of his skits. And there's me talking about what would happen if we actually did reclaim the word cunt and saying it would probably be bought by Kellogg's and be used mm. for some horrible breakfast cereal. Mm. And the whole thing plays out that, oh, you don't make it right. I prefer your grandma's, blah, 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 blah. And I look down and I can just see people. You know when you spot people and you're like, there's an uncanny resemblance? <laughs> <laughs> and they were just frowns. <laughs> I'll turn that gun upside down. The very next day, <laughs> what are you saying on stage? Oh Lord, it's, it's so weird. It's yeah. So you said cunt. I was showing my cunt. <laughs> Good on you. You can't make him happy. Good on you. God, you know what? As long as as long as you're showing off your own, who cares? Exactly. You know. Yeah. Time to get OnlyFans. <laughs> oh my God, these Do you reckon anyone would pay to like watch me eat snacks? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, they would. What am I doing with this shit? I've got a friend who used to make money by buying brand new panties, pissing in them, and then mailing them to people. Oh, this is too much effort. But she made quite good money. Uh, Shout out to ClickCoin if she's listening. <laughs> no, I literally just want to eat, like, just snacks. Not even in a suggestive or, pro- like, you know, like, provocative way. Just literally, like, with my eight chins pressed on top of each other while I'm just like, and then have that moment if I decide I'm going to pick up the crumbs that's fallen, like, down my sweatpants. Oh. If I'm going to, like, pick it up or just keep eating. Oh. I'll just keep eating. There is, if if the guy jerking off to the traffic on South Road has proved anything, <laughs> it's that there's something for everyone. Woo! Uh, you know what? If there is a barbed wire museum, oh. there is truly something for everyone. There's someone who's definitely looked at that and just gone, oh, imagine the things I could do with this. Oh, I could cut off all kinds of circulation. <laughs> I'm putting this down my PP. <laughs> and I'm putting it on my OnlyFans. Oh, barbed wire urethral stuffing. And with that... <laughs> That is the worst time to be visited by aliens. <laughs> Explain this. Ow. Ow. Oh, but it feels so good. <laughs> and the aliens did this to you? Well. <laughs> As the divinals. It's a fine line <laughs> between pleasure and fun. Oh, having to navigate that piece of barbed wire down your urethra like an oversized ship in the Suez Canal. <laughs> <laughs> Left. Oh my god! As just as just angry backed up sailors yell at you from behind. <laughs> that sounds like a very niche establishment that I've probably visited. Mm. Mm. You probably worked at. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> just remember to uh, beware of evil. Oh yeah, there company. Was, that's right. Beware evil company. And uh, I'm Thrush Limbaugh. And real Mothman eat the carpet. Uh, Until next time.